The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. G. Cobb with you on G. Cobb in the House. And uh, joining us today, we've got uh, my co-host Micah Warren and we're also uh, joined by Bob Cunningham, who uh, does some writing on gcob.com. But how you guys doing? Doing well. Doing great. Doing real well. Now, now, now Michael, why don't you, uh, you know, uh, you know, starting out, of course, uh, Donovan McNabb uh, had the announcement, signed his contract today. You got the end of the OTAs this week. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I was up there, so I, I will, I'll, I'll lead into that a little bit, and then I want, I'd like to get you guys' reaction uh, to McNabb. Uh, you know, starting off, of course, Donovan uh, signed. Uh, they said there was a deal. Uh, he got an additional five point three million dollars. Uh, he um, uh, basically is guaranteed most of that money over the next two years, uh, which kind of you know solidifies him. I mean, uh, you know, the whole understanding of why it was done and everything. Uh, of course, there, there are a lot of uh, opinions and and uh, Reed and McNabb said that they thought that the fact that uh, they wanted to get it out of the way, they didn't want him to be a lame duck. Uh, they wanted, um, you know, everybody to know, look, he's he's our starter. Uh, we don't want to try to make anything more out of it and that sort of thing. He felt that, uh, and then there was kind of an assurance about things. So uh, he talked about that a little bit. Of course, um, uh, they, they wound up the OTAs, and, uh, you know, he got a lot happening there. But let's... Let's just start off. I'd like to get you guys' reaction uh, on the McNabb situation. Uh, sorry, well, with Michael. First and foremost, Jay, I think everyone should be concerned about is Kevin Cobb's feelings. I mean, what's he thinking now? That's pretty important, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's really important. And we're going to be thinking about that on third down and ten. <laughs> as, as he's standing on the sideline or with, the, uh, with the clipboard. But you know what? I think it works for both parties. I mean, it does. And, and you know, a lot of people are making a big deal. Why isn't it a full-on extension? Why isn't it? Because there's no CBA in place after next year. Nobody, I mean, and, and Banner even said as much, and I agree with him. It, you know, two years is plenty for a guy his age. They want to make sure he can still do it, that all of a sudden he doesn't break down. It works for him because he gets his money. And like you mentioned last week, G, there's a couple other big quarterbacks coming up in the next couple of years. Donovan might like to see what kind of numbers they're talking about, and let's see where he is. So I think that the fact there's no CBA is, is the, um, the big reason they didn't do more than two-year deals. Because even a lot of guys they signed, like Sean Jones, I think Rashad uh, Baker, they're all on one-year deals too. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that no one really knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. You know, who knows what the landscape's going to be? Uh, Bob, they're even playing. <laughs> uh, Bob, what's your take on it? Uh, basically everything uh, that Micah said makes sense, uh, you know, without the CBA. But I think even if... 
yeah, let's say this was you know five years ago and there was a solid CBA in place, that wasn't a big concern. I don't think they would have given him an extension anyway. He's what thirty two, thirty three years old. Uh, I, I don't think they were going to give him long term yet. Maybe after this season, they would think about it. But with without a CBA, they're not going to. But even with one, I don't I don't think they'd have given him some you know huge seven year extension or something. He's halfway to he's going to be halfway to forty by the time this is this contract is up. So they just want to wait and see what happens. Well, uh, that's what uh, Joe Banner said. He said that uh, he felt that they would uh, talk again, uh, not not necessarily this year, but next year. Uh, then they would see where things are at and um, and possibly look at you know doing something else then. But they'll let that take care of itself. But you know they they've given him an assurance uh, and uh, you know consistency. I mean, uh, uh, really, what um, not necessarily consistency, but they've given them. Um, uh, they really seconded uh, everything that they've said about him, and they put put it in money into to guarantee it. You know, they know that you're probably not going to have any uh, anything happening like what happened down uh, in Baltimore um, earlier. Uh, you know, in the season uh, this past season. So you, you got McNabb basically saying he's happy and everything, and uh, and all of that. Now, a lot of people, you know, looked at the situation and said, you know, hmm. A number of things. Number one, they said, well, you know, isn't that ironic? Uh, you're giving him an extra $5.3 million. If you'd have given that to Brian Dawkins, he'd still be here. What did you guys take on that? No, I'm sorry. I, we all love Dawkins. I mean, he's just he's not the same player anymore. It's not like the 1990, uh, 1999 Brian Dawkins was here and he left. He just can't do it. He's not the same player. I, I, don't, I, I'm ready, I was ready to move on at safety, and that's not a knock at him. Gee, you always say it, Father Time always wins, and Father Time is starting to win with Brian Dawkins. I mean, Denver overpaid him. Bob? Yeah, well, it's, it's a totally different situation. I mean, Dawkins was obviously losing a step. Uh, he's got two more years of football on his body than uh, McNabb has. McNabb is still, still able to do it and do it at a high level, whereas Dawkins was not. And the only reason that you didn't see it as much as you would have is because Johnson was fantastic at putting him into situations to succeed and to help the defense. Totally different. I mean, McNabb's a quarterback. Dalk was a safety. Dalk has been progressively declining over the past couple of years anyway, and McNabb hasn't. So it's just two totally different situations. And I was actually kind of surprised okay, they gave Dawkins that last contract. Wait, what's that? I said I was actually kind of surprised when they gave him the last contract that he got. Well, yeah, that was uh, that was really breaking their rules just to give him that one. Now, the the whole thing with McNabb and, and his contract, you know, uh, and, and I'm gonna jump in there too. Um, the name Sheldon Brown's been brought up because Sheldon, you know, is, he's holding out for a deal and he wants his deal ripped up. He feels he deserves more money. He's a starter. He's a He's, uh, you know, been a starter for a number of years at that uh, cornerback position, and he says he's done his job and everything, and uh, that all the other guys have vaulted to buy him, uh, the top corners in the league, and that he should be in that that area. And so he wants his deal uh, ripped up, too. He wants it renegotiated. He wants it restructured, whatever you want to call it. Uh, now, you know, Joe Banner pretty much just hit, Sheldon right between the eyes today by basically saying, look, you know, that's nowhere near being the same situation. He hasn't been as long on his deal. 
Uh, he's got so much time remaining, so many years remaining on his deal. And, you know, we don't think that's an extraordinary situation because he's a good player, uh, but he's not the type of player that, you know, you're going you're gonna to just rip up contracts and, and, and be going out of your way to give the guy more money because, you know, he just hasn't done those extraordinary things. Now, I happen to agree with Joe. Now, Joe might be hard. Some people say and everything, but, you know, you can't be renegotiating with everybody. You've got to set something somewhere. And I think there are certain guys, like Westbrook was, you know, after he had those tremendous years. Uh, I think there's certain guys that are, is, are so important to the team. Now, a guy that you can replace, why, why would you want to get him to, to mean, or, or let him force you to do anything? So that's my take on it. I, I, I agree with Joe Banner on this side. Uh, what, do you got, what about you guys? My, my only question for Sheldon Brown would be, how many years were you the face of the fan franchise? I mean, these are, it's not even, this is apples and oranges. I mean, it's not even the same thing. Um, you know, Donovan has, is the guy, and he has been for 10 years. You know, Sheldon, I love you, but sorry, brother. I mean, Bob, would you give him the money? Yeah, absolutely not. I, I mean, does he deserve more money than what he's getting paid? Probably. Should he have signed the contract then? No. These people, they like the upfront money, and he saw all that upfront money, and his pupils turned to dollar signs, and he couldn't sign quick enough. Now that all that upfront money's gone, and he's looking at it going, wow, I'm really not making all that much. Now he wants a new deal, but he's not putting into account all that upfront money that he got and everything else. And he's just, he's not that kind of player. Now, maybe if he comes out this year, eight, nine, ten picks, a couple forced fumbles, makes the Pro Bowl, maybe the Eagles would go, you're not as replaceable as we thought. But I don't see that happening. Well, you know what, too, I don't know if you guys saw, I think it was this week or last week, uh, the, the Niners signed their offensive lineman, Joe Staley, former uh, number one pick, to a 10-year deal. And he says, oh, I'm not really worried about down the road. That's down. Are you serious? You signed a 10-year deal? You really think that's going to be market value in about four years into it? I mean, I just, you know, again, you take the upfront money, but how do you not know you just signed a 10-year deal? Shelton signed a big deal. Yeah, you got your upfront money. I mean, but. You didn't think at some point this wasn't going to be market value? I mean, well, you know, in, in all fairness, uh, some of those deals are stressed out like that and stretched out like that uh, by the agent, and the team goes along with it because he can make an announcement and say he got this guy a $70 million deal, knowing well, that, you know, uh, $40 million of it is never going to be seen. You know, now... <laughs> Gee, that's true, but if you looked at this deal, there wasn't even that, that much guaranteed. It was absolutely ridiculous. It wasn't one of those big deals like, um, uh, what's his name, got from the Niners with the, uh, the, the last year was worth like $14 million or something stupid. Uh, Nate Clements. Um, it, I, it really wasn't much. It, it was just a bad deal all around. And, you know, Sheldon did a ton up front. What did he get, seven? What, did you say that again? Sheldon, what, what did he get up front? Was it about seven? It wasn't, wasn't a ton. Yeah, he got, he got like seven uh, something up, up up front, and for a cornerback uh, at his level of accomplishment at that particular time, it was a great deal for him because you know he's getting that kind of money, and now he's on a, a completely different level uh, is, is the way he's living um, compared to you know some of the other guys uh, who were you know maybe on the same accomplishment level. So there's a given, there's a take. I mean, you got into that stratosphere early, but yet. It's going to limit what you're going to be able to get now because you signed the deal early. And, you know, there's a give and take with things. So, 
Yeah, I know, even more. You know a lot of times the guys don't want to hear that, but, you know, the truth is the truth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ask Damon Moore if it's a good idea to take the upfront money. I felt bad for the guy. He, he didn't take the contract, and he shredded his knee, knee in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, well, it, it happens. You know, that's why, you know, you do have to, uh, you have to be smart about it. But, you know, now looking, looking at this team now, uh, I, I was talking to, uh, you know, some of my buddies about, uh, you know, some of these receivers and the receiving uh, crew that they have. And, uh, you know, Bob, what, who do you think the receivers are going to be uh, when they start the season? Who do you think they're going to let go? Uh, uh, Reggie Brown is a popular choice mm-hmm. like, to be let go. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to see a guy like Basket stay. Uh, I like what he can do with his size. Uh, Avant, obviously, a guy you'd like to stay. Reggie Brown is really the only guy who, who I think maybe they need to let go of, and uh, apart from, you know, the camp bodies that they bring in. And mm-hmm. maybe guys that can end up on the practice squad like uh, Amendola, uh, McBride, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look, guys, we'll get back to these receivers on the other side. We've got to take a break right now. This is G-Cut in the house on voiceamericasports.com, and we'll see you in a few minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective that'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our Huge selection. Enormous variety. One-stop shopping. Everything under one roof. Or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like See store for details. 
Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply. No purchase necessary. We'll try to convince you that our product will give you cleaner, tighter abs in minutes. A perfect smile. Porcelain veneers. The freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G-Cobb, back with you on G-Cobb in the house, and um, thank you for joining us on voiceamerica.com. Of course, we're with you uh, every Friday uh, at, um, what's it, uh, you know, 7 o'clock, of course, Eastern Standard Time, and you can take it from there, uh, of course, Pacific Time, it's 4 o'clock. But the thing that we've been talking about, of course, we, we really, you know, focus on the Eagles, and uh, we talk about other teams, but we really focus on the Eagles. Now uh, the birds just worked up, uh, just uh, finished up their OTAs, and today uh, Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid came together, and it was all kissy kissy. Uh, they signed their contract. Um, uh, they were having a uh, softball tournament up at the Novacare Center today, and uh, those of you that don't know it, Jeffrey Lurie takes his softball pretty seriously. I don't know whether they won or not. I know they won their first game, uh, but big Rex Ryan. I talked to him for a while, but his son was up there playing for the Jets, uh, it, it, you know, it had me do some laughs about that. Uh, but, um, of course, the reason I was up there is to, you know, to talk to Donovan and, and Andy Reid, and for that matter, Judge Joe Banner and Jeffrey Laurie, all of them talk about this move and uh, they feel it's going to stabilize everything, and uh, they're ready to go. Now, uh, you hear a lot of talk. LaShawn McCoy, you hear uh, Cornelius England, of course, Jeremy Macklin, the, the young rookies that are involved. Uh, you've got um, uh, also, of course, you got you know the offensive linemen that they've gone out and grabbed. Uh, they really, you know, the things look promising. Uh, you know, from from being out there, I thought things looked very promising. But you don't know what you got until you go out there and you you go out there and battle uh, with with a group of guys. Now, who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise of the newcomers on this football team? Who do you think is going to be the guy that makes the biggest impact? And, you know, and why, uh, you know, I mean, so, of course, you got Peters, who's, uh, you know, who's already been an all-pro. I'm talking about skill position players, or for that matter, defensive players, guys that can get sacked. But uh, guys that are new to this team, who's going to make the biggest impact? The biggest impact or the biggest surprise? Uh, let's say biggest impact, and then we'll talk about surprise later after that. Let's talk about impact. Who's going to make the biggest impact of the newcomers who are coming in? Um, it's so easy to say Macklin, but, man, Ingram has a real chance to do something here. Um, I'll have to stick with Macklin, though, just because I think 
he's definitely going to have a chance to be on the field more. I mean, he's still going to be a number two tight end. I don't know if that's going to be the case come week nine or ten, though. I mean, this kid can play. He's got more athletic ability than Selleck. I like Selleck. But, Bob, I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm going to say Leonard Weaver because uh, I, think, I think the presence of a real fullback automatically just that quickly makes your running game that much more uh, explosive, that much more dynamic, and just that much more effective with a real fullback there, a guy who can take some carries, he can block, he can catch, he's a triple threat. I think he's going to be huge in the red zone. Uh, I, I really think he's going to just make that whole team much better. You're really going to see uh, what, what we haven't seen before since the Eagles have really never had that real Pro Bowl caliber fullback. You're going to see now what we've been missing over the past decade. Well, probably since Kevin Turner. I mean, G, would you agree? He's, he's the best we've had since Kevin Turner. Who's that? Yeah, I would, I would probably say that when you're talking about, you know, a legitimate fullback who's uh, – got the ability to do a number of different things. I, I guess I probably would say uh, I would say Kevin Turner. You know, he, he was a uh, tough guy and he was a good blocker and, you know, would carry it decently, but he's a good receiver out of the backfield. But, uh, you know, I can tell you that uh, Weaver is an athlete. He's he's just not a, a guy who's uh, back there just uh, a glorified offensive lineman. He's, he's a good back. I mean, he's got some talent and you can see where he flows and, and changes direction and everything. He's, he's got some uh, running back ability, I mean, for running with the football. So we'll see how that works out now uh, with this team. So you uh, – who did you say, Michael? I said Macklin, but I want to change my answer because I was really only thinking of the rookie class. I forgot about that. I wasn't thinking – got to go with Peters. I mean, I, I think Weaver's a great answer. I mean, he very well – I think he's going to do a lot of things. But, man, when you talk about a left tackle of that – with that kind of talent – I mean, that's one of the most important positions in all of football to, to make sure that you, where you have a good player there. And so I'm, I'm going to change my answer to Jason Peters. I was thinking of rookies before. Sorry, I screwed up the drill. Mm-hmm. Now, who's your you know, guy? What's that? Um, that's for the guy that's going to make the biggest impact. Hmm. You know, I, to me, uh, I you know I, I could see it being either one of those rookies. I'm thinking about which guy would I go with now, just from. Um, I probably would say Ingram because Ingram's going to be a major target in the red zone. And so he's got the opportunity to be. I, I think it's going to be close because I think all of them are going to get involved. Uh, but I, I see Ingram catching some touchdowns and things, especially, you know, you talk about important games. You, you, uh, you score touchdowns, you got the chance to be uh, very, very important to the team. And, and I could see him getting in the end zone. Uh, I think that Macklin, you're going to see them taking him deep. Uh, they, they've even started they were, at the end of camp. They were bringing him in specifically, letting him go deep at times. And you know he's picked up the system real well. You know the guy I think who's who's probably got the furthest to come. The guy that he's backing up is hurt. So um, and that's what's showing McCoy. He's got still got work to do. Uh, the other guys have pretty much. You know, at the end of the, of the time there, they were just pretty much running the plays, and they looked pretty comfortable, you know. So, so LaShawn's not, not keeping up quite. I mean, he does have a lot more to learn than the other guys. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Is he just got more to learn. It's not that uh, he's not doing a good job. It's just that he's got, he's got more to learn than the other guys, you know. Right. So, so that's really what the disparity is. It's not that he's picking up things any less than those guys. 
he just got he's just got to learn a lot more. Uh, he got a lot more to work on, and and because it's you know they ask him to do move positions, do all these different things. Because of Westbrook, you know he's uh, multi-talented, and they went out and got a back that they feel is, is multi-talented too to be able to you know fit in there and do all those different type of things. Now, uh, you know we talk about you know looking at the team, look around. Most troubling position, the position you look at and you go, you know, uh, I'm gonna live with whoever they got there, but. Uh, I wouldn't have minded if they had got something else. So, you know, just to, whatever, whatever, whether it's depth or uh, whether you don't like the guy that's the starter. What, what's your take? I think there's two positions that concern me, and I think first is running back. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, running back. Uh, uh, I said one. Oh, I'm not going to pick. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stick with running back then. I'll stick with running back because they're just so thin. Westbrook is 30, and he breaks down, and he's small, and he has an injury history, and we love him, but – you know, the, the main guy backing him up is a kid that's swimming in it right now. You know, he's got a lot to learn, and you can't have him missing blitz pickup. You just can't have it. And, yeah, you, you have Weaver there, and maybe I don't know if they keep Kyle Eckler or whatever, but there's veterans out there. I, I'd be curious to see if they go at it. If nothing else, just a body to get him through training camp. I think they have to add a, uh, a running back or two. Mm-hmm. Bob, you sticking with running back? Running back. Running back's a good choice. Uh... But I'll I'll switch it up just because you said running back, and I'll say uh, defensive end. That was my other one. Uh, I think they're good for defensive end maybe this year, but especially looking next year, what what do you do at defensive end? Jukel Parker, he, he can't really keep up the entire season. And then, I mean, was Howard's year uh, an aberration? Uh, what do you have in a Amiri? Do you even know? I'm a little worried about defensive end. And you got Brian Smith, where does he fit in? He's a big question mark. Yeah, the only real guy who you have faith in is Trent Cole. Yeah, you know what? I'm not as high on Trent Cole as everybody else is. I'll be the first to say it. Uh, I think he's a nice player. He does. He'll he'll tend to wear down. I know he gets the double teams and everything. Uh, I I think he's a very good player. I don't put him in a great category by any, any stretch of the imagination. Um, but on the other side, you're right, is the concern. And if you think about it, Darren Howard, I think most of his sacks came on third downs when they brought him into defensive tackle to be a pass rusher. I mean, he, I don't even know how much of a defensive end, how, what he's worth as a defensive end anymore. Well, they, they're not working him. They, they don't work him, out there, uh, work him out out there that much because uh, you've got at the right defensive end, they've got uh, Trent Cole and then they've got Clemens. Uh, on the left side, you've got a Bill Mary, who I think is the key. To, the, to the, see how uh, those defensive ends do this year will be a Mary because he's big, he's strong, and uh, he's got to uh, to to go ahead and make a statement. I mean, he's got to have a breakout year because uh, he, he looks like he's a talented guy. I mean, he's got power. He's bigger than any of the other defensive ends, uh, so he should be better against the run. And we'll we'll see how we'll see how it uh, pans out because um, he's a guy who. You know, could turn some heads and things. Now, with regards to the position that I am not the most comfortable with, I probably would say the running back position. You know, over defensive end. Um, I, you know, I don't know how B. Amir is going to do, but I do know. I look at the running back position. There's not one guy that you can be sure about that's that's lining up there now. And you know, of course, um, you got Westbrook who's not lining up. You got. You know, he's a question mark. Uh, you've also you got McCoy, who's trying to learn the system, never played in the NFL before, and Booker, who you 
just about could say the same thing. Um, you know, he knows the system better, but he really hasn't done much, you know. So uh, they got, uh, you know, lack of depth, uh, I think, at the running back position. Puts everything on uh, Westbrook. And uh, so that's why, you know, I, I would kind of agree with Mike on that one. If I was thinking, because it, it wouldn't be an extraordinary thing to say, you know what? <laughs> we don't have a running back because, you know, McCoy might not be ready to, for everything. And uh, Westbrook comes in, you know, you hope his surgery was, was uh, successful. But once you get near that 3 0 and you start getting those surgeries, you keep getting those surgeries, the legs are worn out. Next thing you know, they're, they're, uh, they're saying bye-bye to you. So, uh, You're exactly right, and uh, we'll get back to that on the other side. Um, we got to go to break on GCOP in the house, voiceamericasports.com, and we'll see you in a few. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back no questions asked let's face it the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes the team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful the fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be but how do you make them faster after all like many coaches maybe you were told that you can't teach speed that an athlete is either born with it or they're not right wrong Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-3278. 510 fast. There has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting. And right now you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television. And you can learn it at home with Brock Ray's Outdoor Videography School. Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals. And it all comes to you in a six DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now, get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right, when you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques, you can submit your video to us. And if it gets chosen, your segment might appear on our nationally televised Better Built's World of Outdoors. We will pay you for using your video. Call now at 205-625-5480. We invite you to visit our website at OutdoorVideoSchool.com. Start your career in television now. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
Peter joined up with G-Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G-Cobb in the house. Okay, G Cobb uh, in the house, and um, of course you got the, my co-host Michael Warren and uh, our guest uh, Bob Cunningham, and we're talking. I'm going to be signing off a little bit, so I, I want to just uh, you know come back in to uh, to kind of get things started. Now uh, we've been talking about the Eagles, of course, and looking at the the rest of the NFC uh, at the NFC East, starting with and the rest of the NFC. Uh, I think the Eagles are stacking up, and you know they've got to stay stay healthy. Uh, they've got different guys that are mending, uh, so they, you know they're going to get these guys uh, mended and get them healthy and everything. But you know they they really I think are going to be able to put some points on the board. I see Donovan McNabb throwing the ball down the field all during the the OTAs. Uh, they're not doing as much short throwing. They're throwing the ball down the field, uh, intermediate routes, um, you know routes deep. Uh, where they're really utilizing that speed that they've got on the field. Uh, so, uh, you know, a team like the Giants, I think, which clearly is going to be their, their toughest opponent, I think, uh, the Giants are going to be relying on a, on a, on a, a rookie a lot. So we'll see how, how that makes out. Now, the Giants have been talking a little noise up there, and uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, responded to O.C. Yumiura uh, talking about that, that you know, the, the Giants are going to beat the Eagles this, this year. What <laughs> What have they been saying about there uh, up up in New York uh, about that, Micah? Uh, they haven't made too big of a deal out of it. Uh, you know, OC said those things. Of, if I was there, it would have been different because I didn't know he played offense, and that was my mistake because <laughs> they only scored eleven points and they didn't get in the end zone once. So I don't know if OC plays wide receiver now or what his deal is. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about, but you know what? I got to tell you, Deshaun J- Jackson, I thought responded in a classy way. When I first saw a headline that said, you know, Jackson responds to Umanura, I was like, oh, no, uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to say. And I'm reading it. I'm like, wow, that's pretty mature, classy with Angela. Uh, you know, not backing down, but not starting the fire. So I, I think it's, 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 it's a non-story. I mean, again, it's, it's all good for the fans and stuff, but it's not going to matter, I don't think, when, you know, when they yeah. line up. I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to matter one way or the other either, but, you know, it's good for them, I think, to have that, uh, some fun with a rivalry. Uh, which I think is going to make it, uh, you know, make things interesting, uh, which which will be fun. Now, uh, of course, the Cowboys, uh, Bob. What's happening down in Dallas? Do you think that they're going to have themselves together? Are they going to be ready to roll, or are they just going to be debuting that new stadium and, and going out there and getting embarrassed in it? Uh, I would lean more towards uh, getting embarrassed because the whole thing with T.O., it's still a horse and pony show down there, even with even with T.O. gone, because Jerry Jones just can't just can't keep his name out of his mouth and can't stay away from it. it. I mean, the whole thing of addition by subtraction. I don't think that was really the case in Dallas. It was the case when he left San Francisco. It was the case when he left Philadelphia. But in Dallas, how do you replace 38 touchdowns over what the past three years? Roy Williams was. God awful last year. You have no idea what you have in him. He got booted from Detroit because of work ethic issues. That just speaks volumes. I have no idea why they think he's going to be the answer down there. 
<laughs> well, you know, we we will see. Now I'm going to go ahead and uh, and take off. But uh, you you know you guys go ahead and talk about the whole Washington thing. Of course, they're going to be a team uh, that's going to be in there, and, and they are always doing something. I mean, some of these teams you going like they do the same thing every year. And Washington has their personality, and it seems like the little guy down there. He's never seen a free agent who wants a lot of money that he doesn't want to give them the money. So, uh, but you could go ahead and take off from there, and uh, of course, you guys have a good time, and I will. Uh, I'll be in touch. All right, G. We'll talk okay. to you soon. All right. See you later. All right, bye. Let's go back to the Cowboys for a minute before we go to the Redskins. Uh, I, Bob, you're more with G on this. That you, you're down on the Cowboys. I'm not as down as you guys are on the Cowboys. Uh, and I get, I, I know Roy Williams tanked it last year. I, I, he wasn't the featured guy, and that, that's not a ringing endorsement of the guy. He was playing the Z, though, and he's an X receiver, which Terrell Owens was playing, which is up on the line. I want to see him this year stink it up when he's the number one option before I'm ready to say that he's not that good. G is, does not, he is not a Roy Williams fan uh, either. I have a little more faith in him, and I think the Cowboys are going to be better than people realize. I don't think they're going to be, uh, the expectations are going to be where they were before, uh, that they're going to be that good. Because your whole thing with by subtraction, I don't know that I buy into that either. He's still a talent on the field. I think, he's, I think the Cowboys are going to be okay. Though. They're, they're, still, they're not going to be out yeah, like they have been you know, some of the past years, like the Dave Campo years and things like that. Um, so, I mean, when you say you don't, you don't like them, I mean, how, how bad do you think they're going to be? Six and ten bad? Uh, six and ten might be pushing it, but seven and nine, eight and eight maybe. So I, I, for, it starts. It starts with Wade Phillips. I don't believe Wade Phillips is a head coach. I equate Wade Phillips to North Turner. North Turner may be the best offensive coordinator in the league. Fantastic as a head coach. He's below average. He's got a sub five hundred winning percentage as a head coach. Wade Phillips is the same way. He's one of the, he might be one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, but he's not a head coach, and he certainly isn't both. He's trying to play defensive coordinator and head coach this year. He's not both. I don't think he has what it takes to manage the egos and push that team forward to where they need to be. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, when players coach, when I hear that, I think pushover. Um, yeah. And- that's not really what they need down there. They, they, I, you know, they do need somebody to keep things in order. And, uh, you know, Parcells did that, but, you know, even he, what, what did he end up doing? Nothing. You know? nope. So, you know, let's go back to what you said, too, about Jerry Jones. And uh, G mentioned Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins. The little it, man. It doesn't all start with the owner. Um, and that's one of the things the Eagles have in Philly. Like, you've got to give Jeffrey Lurie credit. He does a, a brilliant job of hiring people and then letting them do their thing. You have to. You're, yes. you're a multi-billionaire. You're not a football guy. Yes. Dan Snyder hasn't gotten that memo. And as long as he is running the show, because Vinny Serrato, let's be honest, is a puppet who doesn't tell him no, so he likes having him around, because he's oh, yeah, great, Dan. Great idea, yeah. Dan. You mm-hmm. know, so they're always – Cowboys are a little different. The Redskins are going to always be mediocre, unless for some reason they get some real high-end quarterback that gets them wins just for being that good. Um, I mean, what's your take on the Redskins this year? The added Hainsworth, the Angelo Hall they overpaid for. Can't hold an okay quarterback. Are they the bottom of the division? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're clearly the bottom of the division. But, I mean, I like Jason Campbell uh, more than most people. I might even like him more than I like Tony Romo, to be honest with you. Wow, Bob. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Defend it. Defend it. Jason Campbell, now, he may, he's not going to have that spectacular sports center play that Romo has, you know, against the Rams when he picked it up and he ran in all that nonsense. 
But Jason Campbell, he's not going to make that huge mistake to end the game. He didn't throw an interception until, like, what, week six? I like Jason Campbell. I think he's got uh, – now, obviously, he needs to get better. But he hasn't had a consistent offensive coordinator. He hasn't had a consistent system because Danny Snyder will fire any coach who doesn't get them to the Super Bowl year one. I mean, they're talking Jim Zorn on the hot seat already. The man went 8-8 last year. He doesn't deserve to be on the hot seat just yet. But I like well, Jason Campbell. Uh, but Romo, he will. He will ruin a game. I'll that game against the Steelers. He will ruin it and take a team right out of the playoffs. Yeah, Campbell does do a pretty good job taking care of the ball. But he has had issues late in games where you're like, dude, really didn't need that right now. Yeah. And he does have to get better. But I think the point you made that has always been my big with Campbell is, let the guy get comfortable in a system. A guy like Donovan's been very fortunate. He's been the same one for 10 years, 11 years now. Yeah. And Campbell just hasn't had that. He hasn't had the stability. And as far as Jim Zorn, when he signed that contract, he was on the hot seat. I mean, that's how yeah. it is down there. You signed you the deal. All right, get the, oh, do it. Do it. And, yeah. and any head coach down there is – it doesn't matter if they bring in Mike Shanahan or Bill Cowher next year. They'll be on the hot seat day one. Yeah, they, they want to win right away. And, you know, now we shift, shift over to the Giants. Um, and, I, and I really don't think there was three moves they made this offseason that didn't get to play. Everyone's talking about Hakeem Nix, and that's all well and good, replaced Burris. They, when we talk about the strength of their defensive line, it really is those ends, whether it's Kiwanuka, whether it was Strahan or Umanura or Tuck. The tackles were good, not great. Well, they added Rocky Bernard, and they added Chris Canty from Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, Cofield and Robbins, I'm not sure what you're going to get, but I think they definitely upgraded the tackles. And they added Michael Boley, who's up, you know, DUI aside, as a, a nice linebacker out of Atlanta. They really didn't get much play, but they improved an already very, very, very good defense. And, you know, that's the, you know how good can their defense be? How, how much will they be hurt by not having birth? I think the offense is going to struggle mightily, the same way you saw them struggle in their last six games of the year in the last five games of the regular season, and then the playoff game against the Eagles. Eli Manning, I I, I mean, I've said it before, I don't like Eli Manning. I don't like a thing about him. He just hucked it up, would close his eyes, yell like a little girl, and toss the ball into the air, and all 6'5 of Burris came down with it most of the time. That defense now, that's a totally different story. They're scary. That is a scary good defense. Now, I like the Rocky Bernard pickup, and if you remember, uh, the Eagles were looking at him a few years yeah. ago when it was looking like Seattle was going to let him walk, right? And but they them. didn't, and they re-signed him. But Chris Canty, he's always played in a 3-4. I don't, I, don't get, I don't get why you bring him in for a 4-3. Where do you put him? Well, he's a tackle because the three, if you think about it, he's a, he was an end in the 3-4, and those guys, they're, they're big guys. They, they can play tackle in the 4-3. Right. He hasn't done it, so there's always you know that question. But I'm sure if, you know they gave him a decent amount of money. If they were yeah. really that concerned, uh, I, I don't think they would have done it. So I mean, he's got good size. I'm trying to think of what he weighs, but you know, Cofield and Robbins aren't huge guys either. Robbins is not a big guy. They're, I think the, the Giants remember similar to the Eagles. You know, they had Spagnuolo, where their tackles it's more important for them to get pressure than anything else. Even though the Eagles tackles don't get pressure. No, they were both brought in to do so, but they've both really evolved into into run stuffers more than anything. 
yeah, they're, they're good at clogging the middle. And, and you know, that's fine because that's important too. I mean, if your tackles play well, that sets up everything for the defense. So now if the Giants have two guys, maybe you have to pay a little more attention to because they still have a rotation. You know, Cofield and Robbins are still there. Uh, and Tollison, I think, is still there too, uh, although he doesn't play a ton. Boy, that's a deep line. That's a really deep line because they get him in Europe back. And they won a Super Bowl with that line. And I, I don't yeah. mean that was the one in which they won. I mean, they, that defensive line won the Super Bowl for them. Tom, Tom Brady never saw anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they were animals. And, here, you know, Tuck doesn't get MVP. Eli does because basically there's nothing else to give it to. Yeah. Give it to the quarterback. But uh, I think the Giants are still there because their offensive line is still insane. And they're still going to be able to run the ball. And I think anytime you can still run, it's going to open up the pass. I mean, Hickson and, and um, Steve Smith were okay last year. They weren't great, but they were okay just because when you can run the ball, you've got, you got to find a way uh, to cover these guys while still keeping that safety up there because Brandon Jacobs could run all over you. But we will get to that in a minute. We'll come back and maybe chat some Phillies on the other side. We've got to take a break. G-Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you currently having trouble paying your mortgage are you in an adjustable rate mortgage or possibly in foreclosure if you've been late once have already received a letter from your lender with intent to foreclose or even have a sheriff sale notice you need to contact the professionals at new hope modifications They are experts in helping people behind on their mortgage, in foreclosure, or even who are on time, but know that rate will be adjusting and will cause them problems in the future. Call New Hope Modifications today at 888-NO-DEBT-9. That's 888-663-3289 and talk to one of their modification experts. New Hope is staffed with professionals that have years of experience in customer service and the mortgage industry. Our branch managers take pride in giving every customer the attention and support that they may need in this crucial time of their life. You are not alone, and New Hope is the company that you can trust to help you save your home or assist in getting you a payment you can handle. Give them a call right now at 888-663-3289. Again, that number, 888-663-3289, and put your trust in New Hope. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. What's up, everybody? G Cobb in the house, and G Cobb is not currently in the house this evening. It is Michael Warren, uh, along with Bob Cunningham, who is a contributor to GCobb.com. And we've been talking to Eagles. We've been talking about the division. We love to talk about that stuff. But let's take a quick break. Let's talk some Phillies. Now, what a series against the Mets. You know, I always say Phillies-Mets games don't start the seventh inning. If you miss the first six, it's fine. No matter what the score is, it seems like it starts in the seventh inning when you get into those bullpens. And the Phillies have just had to look And Hamill didn't look good the other night. They find a way to win. Are the Mets, I mean, people say they're choke artists because they found a way to, you know, just blow it at the end of the season. seems like in games this week they were blowing it at the end of the game. Are the Mets choke artists? Yeah. Until you do something to prove otherwise. Yeah. Okay, so what's the problem? Is it it the people that Omar Minaya has assembled? Is it Jerry Manuel? Um, I mean, David Wright takes a lot of criticism. Beltran, they're the only two guys that can play baseball on that team right now as far as hitting. Everybody else is hurt. They've got Putts out for a while, Delgado out for a while, Uh, Reyes is out. Uh, Well, maybe maybe that's the answer right there. John Main to the DL. So they are are kind of doing a patchwork. They're still only four games out if you want to look at that like that. And you could argue the Phillies are only four games up, and they've had garbage starting pitching for the most part so far this year. Yeah, they've and been now, terrible. Scott Ayer to the DL, and if you don't know, Scott Ayer is their lefty specialist. They bring him in for like maybe a batter or two. It's a lefty, just just you know, get some big outs. But what's the deal with the Phillies, Bob? What's your take? Um, can they win with this starting pitching? There's been rumors they they could take for Ollis Walt, Jason Marquis, uh, Eric Bedard, in uh, the Mariners is always uh, talked about. Can they win with the starting pitching they have? And then would you be willing to part with serious prospects to get one of those big-name pitchers and say, look, we have a chance to win it again? Yeah, I, I think so I don't, these pitchers are so unpredictable. I mean, you guys like Blanton. You know, the one night he can strike out 11, and another night he can give up 11. Yeah. So, I mean, the only guy you really know what you're getting is Cole Hamels. And, I mean, outside of Hamels, I really don't – I didn't like the way Brett Myers was playing. Uh, I actually think him going to the DL was probably a good thing for this team in the long run. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was actually – uh, oh, it's 2 to nothing. Just so you know. Oh, I'm sorry, it's still one nothing. My fault. I actually thought Myers was pitching well. He started out not so hot. It looked like he started to get his rhythm down. And I thought it was a pretty big blow when he went to the DL. Now, I'm not going to argue with you. He, was he going to do that all year? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know what you have in Myers now. He's consistently inconsistent. And there's times he will go out and dominate, and you go, my God, how does anybody ever hit this guy? 
He's got a tight fastball. That, that curveball is devastating. And other times he goes out and he, he gives up one hit and he melts down. Uh, so yeah. if you look at the other guys, you mentioned Blanton. Hack uh, has been pretty good. He's got a little movement on his ball. <sighs> he's been all right, but you, know, you can't count on him too much. I mean, how much is he going to give you throughout the whole season? And even Moyer's been okay lately, although he just scares the bejesus out of me every time he goes on the mound. <laughs> so looking at it like that, now you've got Bastardo. I don't know. Would you, would, Lou Martin is one of the top prospects the Phillies had. In fact, I heard a rumor that they were looking to trade for Buckholz, the pitcher from uh, the Red Sox. And the Red Sox mm-hmm. wanted Marston, and the Phillies said, no deal. No way, we're yeah. not losing this guy. So he's a high-end catching prospect. Would you be willing to give up Marston in a deal that was for, say, an Oswald? No, I think maybe it's just the, the football guy and me talking, but I don't like trading, trading prospects for vets just because I mean, this guy could very well be better than, than anything you're getting. And uh, a lot of the times trades in, in baseball – basketball are short-term solutions. So I, I don't like trading prospects away. Uh, okay, but you could also look at it and say, sure, there was a time Brandon Duckworth was untouchable. I mean, it's just these prospects can't play. And the reason I ask is because in past years, even last year, nobody thought the Phillies were winning anything. Come on. Yeah. Nobody did. You know, nobody thought that since, I mean, even in 93, everyone was shocked that they were so good. They're good now. They are legitimately good. That lineup is possibly the best in baseball. Their bullpen is still tough, even without Lee. can do the job as a closer. They really are a starting pitcher away from maybe being the best team in baseball. Do you think, you think if they acquired one more starting pitching, they're the best team in baseball? Uh, for this year, yeah. Yeah, and, but I'll tell you what. The thing that I was screaming about this offseason, I, I didn't like that they re-signed Jamie Moyer. Uh, and I know he's become a fan favorite, and it's kind of oh, look at look at Jamie go. But I just I don't I don't like him that much as a pitcher anymore. I mean, yeah, he can win games, but he wins games usually. Now he did have that one hitter a uh, few games ago, but usually it's because you know the the bats start moving, and that's that's how he gets his wins because the lineup is going oh Jamie's on the mound, we have to start knocking him around. <laughs> But you give him all that money, and he's he's too old for that. I thought they should have gone after a free agent guy and let and let Jamie walk. Uh, look, I admit when they said they resigned Jamie Moyer, I wasn't doing jumping jacks. I was more on the mindset of yeah, all right, right out of the sunset, big guy. You just won the World Series. Um, so I, I, I agree. I was not thrilled that they signed Moyer, and at the start of the season, we were right. He was just brutal. And, and the one thing you can tell about Jamie Moyer, you, you can tell in the first inning whether he's going to have six innings, one run, or three innings, seven runs. Yeah. Because if, they're not, if he's not in that corner, if, if, he, if he's throwing off the edge of the plate and the umps are giving him a little bit of edge on the corner, it's kind of like glad. If they're squeezing him on the corner, he's going to be screwed. Because now he's got to put it over the plate. Now he yeah. has to throw an 80-some-mile-an-hour fastball, which is like 83, 84, which is... Ugh. Yeah, I know, I know. That's, that's hard to say. That's hard to look it. at. Yeah, so, I mean, if he gets to where he has to put it over the plate, I mean, he'll get shredded. He'll get absolutely shredded. His fastballs are like BP for these guys. You can't, you can't have Jamie Moore throwing fastballs. You just can't do it. No, he's got to have the edge of the plate. He's got to be mixing things up a little bit because, you have to admit, he's been successful with it. 
I mean, he's had really good games, and you watch him and you think, how, how are these guys not, how is this not a launching pad? Yeah. But he's gotten away with it. And, uh, you know, we'll see as it goes on. Like you said, he's a very old pitcher. You know, God bless him for doing it, whatever. But, uh, you know, is he going to hold up? What's he going to be like in August? What's he going to be like in September? Every year he gets older, you're just asking more and more of the guy. And, you know, you look at this whole rotation as a whole, you go, ugh, you have Cole, and then, geez, not much else. You know, probably not getting Myers back this year. Yeah. Uh, we just talked about Moyer. Blanton, I mean, happened now, Bastardo. The thing is with a guy like Antonio Bastardo, he, oh, he came out, he looked phenomenal, wonderful. Yeah, but nobody's ever seen him before. What yeah. happens when he pitched three or four times? What happens when people start to see that he's throwing 88 fastballs out of 100? Does that number bother you? A left-handed Vicente Padilla. He doesn't, he doesn't have another pitch, and it's impressive that he's actually doing that well with only one pitch. I mean, you usually can't do that at the major league level. Uh, see, now, here's, here's what I was confused, confused about. I thought for sure that when Myers went down, they were bringing up Kyle Kendrick. I have yeah. n- no idea why. I mean, why this guy? Do you know? I have. I'm. I'm completely in the dark. Well, Kyle Kendrick, it doesn't really have any stuff. Mentally, he's very. T- if Brett Myers had his mental makeup, he'd be the best pitcher in baseball. Like Kendrick yeah. doesn't get rattled. Rattled. That's all good. That you can give up ten home runs and still not get rattled, but you gave up ten home runs. Yeah. So. Kendrick doesn't have much stuff. You watch him pitch. For instance, if you watch Jay Hat, he's got some movement. You know, his, his ball has some action on it, which you need at this level. You need movement on your fastball. You've got to be able to mix some pitches up. Um, so Kendrick, I think they'd rather not keep have up because he, is, uh, he won a lot of games two years ago. But if you look at his run support, his run, run support was insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I, I w- I'll tell you what I would seriously consider moving some of those prospects. I mean, Carlos Carrasco, gone. He's not even playing well in the minors. I don't even think I even want him. But some of those guys, I would move them. I think if you're going to get the right pitcher, and now you've got two high-end starters, I think you're, I think you're in good shape. But that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you for coming on, Bob. There's a G-Cop no in the house with Micah Warren, and we will see you guys next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.